you have a problem contracting some of your muscles during a workout, this is definitely the podcast you're going to want to listen to because in this podcast, I go over the results of a study that looked at what happens when you stretch an antagonist muscle and how that helps with the agonist muscle. And if you have no idea what I just said, keep on listening. I'm Michelle Thompson. Welcome to Everything is About Your Health, the podcast. I believe one of the most important things you can do for yourself is to be open-minded to learn. To learn about different professions out there in the world that links to your health, either directly and indirectly. For instance, I operate a manual osteopathy and cold laser clinic in Sudbury, Ontario, Canada. For those not familiar with manual osteopathy, it takes a holistic, whole-body approach to healthcare. It uses manual, hands-on techniques to improve all aspects of the body, including the skeleton, joints, muscles, nerves, circulation, connective tissue, as well as organs. Internal functions like metabolism, respiration, and reproduction can also be improved without the use of drugs. Here at Heat Therapy, Holistically Elite Active Therapy, we utilize BioFlex cold laser units to help accelerate healing on a cellular level. It is a light-based technology proven to be highly effective in the treatment of musculoskeletal problems and wound healing. We have had many success stories with this technology. People have avoided surgeries, reduced and eliminated medication, and reduced or eliminated all sorts of pain. So please, join us on this journey as we interview all sorts of professions and how they link to your health, either directly and indirectly. Today I'm going to be sharing a study with you guys that I found published by the International Journal of Exercise Science entitled The Acute Effects of Agonist Stretching on Sorry, The Acute Effects of Antagonist Stretching on Agonist Movement Economy. So that's a fancy way of saying they were stretching out the opposite muscle that they were trying to move and they were seeing if stretching that opposite muscle actually helped the muscle that was moving the leg if it was able to do it more efficiently, okay? And I would like to argue a couple bits in this study to even reverse engineer, so to speak, but I'll, I'll do that after because I was pretty excited with the study because this was a theory that I had on my own as well and for it to uh, be, um, highly suggested here that that could be the possibility. It's very cool and um, honestly, really, when you have clinical experience, there's a lot to be said for that, right? You start to develop your own way of practice and methods and clients have success and sometimes that can be even better than research-based studies because you know these studies they're done in very particular ways and not necessarily exactly how you practice right but it's just good to get a general idea that you are on the right track in how you practice in some way shape or form and this study is even applicable to how you can make your workouts way more effective and this is what I mean by that so in this study, what they did is they uh, got a group of participants. There's only about 14 participants, five male, nine females, and they were just moderately active people. So it's not like these were professional athletes or sedentary people by any means. They were just, you know, um, 
I guess you could say those weekend warrior type of, of people and you know they had somewhat of an active lifestyle. Now the reason for doing the study is because there's multiple studies that suggest this to be an effective method but none were actually ever taking into consideration if it took um, the difficulty of the agonist muscle from doing that movement, if it took the difficulty away and actually made it easier. And that's what these guys were trying to find in the study. And long story short, yes, they were able to find success. So what they did is they had these 14 individuals sit down on this chair and then put their legs into these uh, stirrup types of things. Uh, excuse me guys, I'm just also lasering my hands at the same time trying to do some preventative medicine and reduce some osteoarthritis in my hands. I think one predisposed to. Uh, so back to the study, basically these participants were sitting in the chair like I mentioned and their feet were put out on the sternum. So basically it was like a crank, a self, um, a self implied crank machine. So imagine you're sitting on the floor and there's something that's actually pushing your legs apart. That was the machine that they were um, hooking themselves up to. And basically they were checking to see the range of motion of this passively and then actively okay so they used the crank to see how much they could put their legs out passively and then they would actually move their legs out actively to get a sense of how far they were able to go um with their feet you know getting farther apart etc you guys get the idea of what i'm trying to say here so what they did is they held the stretches then in this position for a minute at a time for five times and gave them a rest in between. And then they got them to do the active range of motion again and improve significantly. And all the while, they were also measuring the amount of CO2 that they were exerting. So you know when you run on a treadmill, you're breathing a lot more heavy, you're also expelling a lot more CO2 than you would if you're just sitting down, right? So in this stretch, they were also trying to understand and, and see how this would affect this adductor, adductor, sorry, sorry, abductor muscles of the hips. So if you're having a hard time following me here, basically they got the athletes within five minutes to open and close their legs um, for five minutes and they measured the before and after effects of how that was impacted in terms of their CO2 expulsion. And again, what they found is with a combination of stretching for five minutes, a minute at a time with a rest in between for five times for a total of five minutes, when they remeasured the energy expenditure, so how much those same muscles they tested right before stretching exerted to produce that same amount of movement, it actually turned out to be a lot less. So again, what the study suggests is if you are working on a muscle group, let's say your back muscles, you're working on your rows, you're on the row machine, 
in between your sets, you want to stretch out your chest muscles to then make it easier on those muscles, the, the muscles that you're using to perform the row with. So those are your rhomboids, those are your trap muscles. And that will actually give you a better workout in terms you're able to improve the amount of repetitions you're able to do, maybe even increase the amount of sets you're trying to do. And <clears throat> also, I want you to understand that you have to also pay attention to your goals as well because if you're on a specific program of strength training or aesthetics, then this doesn't really apply to you, but this would apply to sports such as dancers or gymnasts because it suggests that stretching muscles opposite to what you're trying to work on actually would improve your ability to work harder and for longer periods of time, which is important, you know, when you're try to develop a skill and you're you know you're getting tired to take breaks to stretch on the opposite musculature that you're not contracting to perform say you know a backflip or whatever exercise you're performing on the bar or on the beam and ultimately make it more of an effective practice for you and although um some of you may be thinking, okay, Nichelle, this is great, but how does that really apply to me on a daily basis? Well, now let's reverse the study. Um, so let's just say you're sitting down at your desk job and you're starting to feel your shoulder blades are really tight. Okay, so your first instinct is to stretch them because you're just like, and you know, I kind of spoke a little bit about this in the last podcast, but this just kind of gives it another different angle of looking at it. If you were to stretch out these muscles because you're just like, hey, this new study basically showed that if I stretch out these muscles, then that means my muscles in the front will have a better time typing on the computer and looking up. But I actually want to say, no, that is wrong because you are stretching out these muscles already because you are actually hunched over. What you want to do is you actually want to stretch out the pecs in the front, open that up. And when you're in what's called the doorway pec stretch, if you don't know what this is, you can look up a pec stretch or chest stretch on my YouTube channel and you'll find it. I also want you to add in squeezing your shoulder blades together in the back as you are in the stretch. So you're in the doorway, your forearms are flat against the door frame, and you take a step forward and let your chest fall closer in the doorway. So now your elbows are back, your chest is forward, you feel a nice comfortable stretch in the front. Now what you're gonna do is also contract and squeeze those shoulder blades together and relax and your chest should fall a little bit more forward. And again, you're gonna squeeze those shoulder blades together and your chest will fall even a little bit more forward. So this is basically opposite to what the study is suggesting, just reversing engineering it, um, reverse engineering the logic. And this is also called, and what's known as reflex inhibition. So it's when you contract the opposite muscle so in this case, we're contracting the muscles in between the shoulder blades that you feel are tight and we're stretching out the chest muscles in the front even more effectively because the chest muscles are relaxing even more to the stretch because we are simply contracting the opposite muscles. So in the gym, when you're trying to work on those rows or you, you know, you're working on your glutes, for example, 
you're going to be stretching out your hip flexors, your adductors maybe, and then working on contracting those glutes, really squeezing those glutes. I also released um, a podcast, or not a podcast, sorry, a YouTube video on that, on contracting the glutes to get better glute activation to reduce your back pain, your uh, get better squats, and also even reduce hamstring tightness as well. So you can check that out to see what that's all about. But, you know, it's just another look to see, okay, how can I turn the study around to make it more applicable to apply in my everyday life? Thanks for listening, guys. If you have any questions for me, please leave that in the comments below. I really enjoy answering back your questions and being of service to you guys. Take care. Have a great day. And that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast if you found it to be educational and know someone who would benefit. This is Nichelle Thompson on Everything is About Your Health, the podcast.